0: Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. welcome everybody to another episode of the power of being you podcast it's been a minute so if you've been waiting around for another episode thank you for being here um yeah we've been really busy and on the road um, around the world creating possibilities and inviting people to be them as much as we possibly can so we are back today I'm excited to be back and I'm really excited to introduce you to my first guest her name is Kate Sarton and um I started to, I asked Kate in pre-interview, hey, do you have your bio so I can read it? Because I know a lot about Kate, but what does she want you guys to know? And she had a really great response. So I'm just gonna have her tell you what her, uh, her title is now and why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the truth is I always have a really tough time with bios or even like when I would design a business card or something. I'm like, what do I put on this business card? Because my background is like a very broad spectrum of seemingly random. Rare- random things. And I found a way to like have them all play together. But anyway, I was leasing a car a couple of years ago and the guy was asking me about what I do for work. And I started listing off like some of the things because I was like, I never know what to say. I was like, you know, I help with social media and I help write and I do like event and project coordination and, you know, et cetera. And he was like, oh, it sounds like you're a creative coordinator. And I was like, okay, I'll
0: take it. I'll take that. I, I like it. So, um, Kate contributes a lot to my personal business. She's also, um, a huge contribution and creative coordinator for, uh, access consciousness and, uh, Dr. Dane here's business. And so, um, she is a magical miracle walking. And I'm really excited to explore this conversation with her today. Um, so we were just talking about like, so the, the title of this podcast is the power of being you. And we were talking about how most of us, before we started using the tools of access consciousness, um, didn't know what the heck being you was. Being you was like your name or your role. Someone I know when I first started classes for being you, I'd ask people to tell me about themselves and everything they would list is I'm someone's mom. I'm someone's wife. I'm someone's you know teacher. I'm a chauffeur. I'm a you know dishwasher, whatever. And um, none of it had to do with being. And it's like you know we think because we are breathing we're conscious and we think that when we are being we are us like when meaning when we are um i don't know talking when we're doing anything that we're being us or like being you however that i don't know how to help me copywriter <laughs> How does that sounds like third person first person second. i don't know is there a second person anyways um So we wanted to explore, like, how does one start to look at whether they're actually being them or if they're being a conglomeration of all the points of view and ideas, thoughts, feelings, and emotions of everyone around them and all the influences that have created them as an image and not them being them. Wow. That's a mouthful. So where shall we start my friend?
1: Well, I wanted, I wanted to share this reference to this movie That was kind of like what whispered in my ear before you and I started chatting. Um, And so the movie is I Heart Huckabees, which if anyone likes quirky, kind of independent movies, go check it out. It's like existential police or uh, investigators. But there's a moment where one of the characters is like talking with this existential investigator and they're kind of like poking at him. Like, are you really being yourself right now? And he says, well, how am I not myself? how can I not be myself? Cause just like you were saying, Sarah, like we always feel like we're being and doing, so how could we ever not be ourselves? But I think what really started to flip for me was when it, I started to give myself permission maybe to actually make myself the valuable product in my life and what I was choosing and what I was choosing for. And so then the choices that I started to make weren't necessarily about what somebody else's projection or expectation or what a responsibility was, but it became more, maybe selfishly <laughs> at first, but it became more about me. Like, oh, what's act- what do I actually desire here if I didn't have to do it like anybody else? And so it's like, how do we start to go beyond putting the priority on those outside sources into like what really drives us?
0: Yeah. And- A great example when, you know, when in classes, people will have these same ponderings about like, how am I not being me? Um, you know, I do a lot of parenting classes and one of a a great way to find out if you're being you is how often your mom's words or, you know, your dad's, uh, exclamations come out of your mouth, um, in certain situations, because we're so programmed to take in that information, make it real and true about us, take a point of view um, I know like growing up, my parents, uh, uh, were like staunch Republicans and are, and, but that's because their parents were staunch Republicans. And because if you were a Christian, then you were a Republican. Like that's all, it, that's how it worked. Like if you had Jesus in your heart, then you like waved the red flag. Okay. <laughs> that's how, like, it just was hand in hand. I don't know if anybody ever asked a question about it, including myself. And so I remember the first time I went to vote, um, I was 18 years old and I was so excited to vote and it was about voting, not about like who I was voting for because who I was voting for wasn't a question. It was what was defined and concluded that I was. And therefore, so I like look back to that now and I'm like, wow, what would that must've been like as a parent to be like, I brought up another voter. <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm bringing them in. we got we got another one, you know and, and I say that jokingly, but like how many of how much have we defined ourselves based on what we were told we were? And that's like could be you know your um political party or even like your the the projection of your capacities like, hey, you're really good at this, so you should do that and then you ask no more questions. you're like, I got a pat on the back for this this one time in third grade, so I'm going to be that for the rest of my fucking life, you know. <laughs> like, and so you never ask another question about it. So, what I'd love to know from you, Kate, like, how does question and being willing to question anything and everything change this or give us more awareness around being us?
1: Mm. Wow. Well. What started to bubble up for me as you were talking that I think plays with this is like, so there are. There are some places in our lives or aspects even of our like personalities where I think it can be kind of obvious of like, oh my God, I was just my mom or, oh my God, I just did this thing that like my best friend does. Or like, even with my siblings, every so often I'll realize that I just did like the same mannerism that they do. Like my brother will go like this and I'm like, oh, I just did the thing that Matt does. Um, (laughs) So like there are these places where it can start to be really obvious but the influences are everywhere like it's not just family it's not just friends like it's movies it's social media it's the news like it is a nonstop, like multi dimensional something of like things that are perpetually being put out and then it's like if we so if I watch a movie. And I'm like, Oh, the, the romance story of that movie was so sweet. I would really like my life to be like that. Now I'm going to start modeling my life on that, but that might not be really obvious until, you know, something comes up in front of my face. So I think where the, the curiosity comes in is like, Oh man, what do I want to say? When you get really curious of like, what what is you? Who are you? Like if you started to strip some of that stuff away. And I think I said this on a, a previous episode, but the the real short version of it is that like, I remember this moment in my life when I was checking all of the boxes, I was doing all the things I was supposed to do and I was not fulfilled and happy. And so that actually put question in my world. Cause I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing here. So does that mean, like, everybody's not happy and not fulfilled? Does it mean I'm wrong because other people are fulfilled by checking off those boxes and I'm not? Am I checking the boxes wrong? Like, I'm like, what is this? And so that question began the exploration of like, okay, cool. Well, if I didn't have to do sports this way, what does my body actually know? And if I didn't have to do academics this way, then what would I like to study and explore? And then that's where like the adventure of living came in and it didn't become about a checklist anymore
0: i love that and i love your um checkbox and looking around to see who's happy cuz what it brought up for me is that i didn't even know i wasn't happy <laughs> like that like because and and that's the like the solace of mediocrity almost you know where it's like you know no one around me was like extremely joyful. They weren't waking up in like, you know, an amount of joy that, that I could perceive as different than mine, but I also wasn't like suicidal or extremely depressed or anything. So it was like the mundane became the normal. And so I didn't have the awareness that I could choose greater than what I was choosing because in so many ways I was already choosing greater than those around me. So it was kind of, it's that thing of like, you know, Dr. Dean here said a number of times on classes, like, are you creating yourself as greater than others, but not as great as you. And you know, that, you know, greater than others is one toe over the line of mediocrity, you know, and greatness of you is exploring, you know, the gifts, the capacities of you as a being, as being totally unique and no one else like you now. I say that, and it sounds like it belongs on like a bumper sticker or a coffee mug or something, but, um, how do we like take that conversation for people listening into like a pragmatics? You know, I love that, you know, you talked about curiosity and for me, it started to go like, you know, let's play with this today. You and I, we're going to start here. Here we go. I'm leading the podcast, everybody. Um, like playing with light and heavy and how what's true for you makes you lighter. And what's not true for you makes you heavier. And that's a lie for you. And so I started to look at all the places where I was either super wrong or super right and ask poking questions into those areas of my life. So the places where I was like, Oh no, nope, got that figured out. I started to go, oh, wait a minute. What if, what if there's more there? What if what I have figured out, isn't all there is not make myself wrong, but go, what else is beyond that? And all the things that I've like concluded that I am, I started to acknowledge that there were conclusions that were limiting me. So I'm going to toss you a question, my friend. I have said a lot of things here. What's the question with the, the awareness now of what a conclusion is and what it creates in your world. Like, what can you speak to about opening up those spaces?
1: Yeah. Well, the conclusion, just like you were saying, the conclusion becomes like an encapsulated stop point, it it becomes like a very specific roadmap. This thing is what's real and true, which then can lead to this other thing or this other maybe small set of things. And this is all that is possible. And again, like if that's not even wrong, that's just one way to navigate. Like if you look at a map there, are roads (laughs) like there's like places that you're supposed to travel but it's not the whole map it's just a part of what the map is like you could get out of your car and start hiking or you could I don't know get a drone and like explore in a different way um there's this what I want to say with that I put so much stock in being able to label and define as a way to like create a predictable safe and successful life but it also wasn't working so like I I had a lot of stock in it because I was told by a lot of people that that was like the best way to go about it but then I found myself in my 20s like um I'm I'm not creating the things that I know should be possible, but I also can't even see the way to create them because every conclusion that I have doesn't lead there. Every conclusion was just proving the other conclusion and like warping itself back in on itself. And so like, it's so funny to look at because now I'm, I'm literally creating a life that I did not believe to be possible before that I could be working more than full-time and homeschooling a child, like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like I, I had all of these things in my world that, that had to be an either or reality with something. And I had ideas of things that I would really like to create, but then I didn't see how to do it. And so that question started to break apart the solidity of the conclusion of the way that it could show up or should look like and all of that. And then once that started to break open, it was like, wow, there is really so much more possible than what my brain can think of, or even what my brain can repeat that other people think of.
0: <laughs> that and, and tapping into like the infinite possibilities that our conclusions limit. And so I'm, you just showed me a story that I have used to give people a picture with this is um, years ago, I started using one of the most basic tools of access consciousness, which is like a starter tool, take it from this podcast, use it everywhere, use it with human resources, use it with, um, customer service, use it everywhere. Um, so what else is possible (laughs) is the tool. What else is possible when someone, you know, on the phone, you're asking for something from, you know, you called in, I, I right now need to call the airlines and ask about an upgrade. So I call them, let's say, and they go, Nope, not available. And you go, but what else is possible? It's so wild how they start seeking what else is possible because question opens up space. Right. In the most simplest form of which I can speak of on a podcast. So, um, years ago I had, I had made a demand in my life that something had to change. Cause I finally became aware that I wasn't that happy. And, um, a lot of that had to do around money, but, um, In that I would get up every morning, 30 minutes before my kids and go outside and watch Dr. Dane here's tour of consciousness. If you haven't watched it, you should it's on YouTube. It's free. And he happens to be my older brother, but at the time I was too prideful to call my older brother and say, Hey, I'm making this demand. Can you support me? So I was like, I'm going to use his little tools in a sneaky way. And they're not little tools. They're huge tools. But one of the tools that I got was what else is possible here that i haven't considered and going to full question. And in that moment, I, when I watched that, um, video on my laptop, I looked out and I saw my, my dead grass in the backyard. And, um, because we couldn't afford to water our grass, it was a drought in California and, um, we just couldn't afford. So I had fruit trees in my backyard and I had dead grass and it was so depressing to sit out there. Okay. But it was kind of like the physical representation of my life. (laughs) you know what I mean? there's all this possibility of things that can you know sprout and grow and feed others and here I am you know dying and shriveling up so anyways um i digress so uh i took that tool and i said what else is possible i've never considered and i realized that i had the conclusion that either i had to make more money to be able to water the grass or in a major california drought it had to rain like crazy to save this grass those are the only two possibilities Okay. There were only two. And so this is what a conclusion looks like guys like if if neither one of those is going to happen right now then basically I'm going to end up with dead grass. There's nothing else available to me, okay? And but I just kept asking every day what else is possible here that I've never considered? What else is possible here that I've- hey grass, what else is possible here that I've never considered? And within a couple of days um we got a knock on the door and our neighbor had just laid new grass in their backyard, which I had no idea about. It was in their backyard. And they had just enough grass, like sod left over to cover the the grassy area in my backyard. And they were like, Hey, we don't want to throw this away. Can you guys use it now? I hadn't let anybody in my backyard in months because I was so ashamed of it. So they didn't even know that I needed grass. Okay. But they just knew to come over because someone in the backyard was asking what else is possible here that I've never considered. And so that's what I like in this, in this conversation would love to invite people to is like those conclusions where you limit possibility, they limit possibilities because you've concluded that the way to be happy is marry the right person, have the right house, uh, check the boxes, make this amount of money. And therefore I shall be happy. And if none of those match up, then you go to, Oh, there's no way to get to happiness. And so, you know, when we start to ask questions and add curiosity and wonderment and and infinite possibilities, the universe can go, Hey, I could get it to her that way, or I could get it to her that way. I don't have to make it rain in order to get it to her. I can get it to her from the neighbor, which was way easier than having it rain even, you know? So my friend, um, when, when with that said (laughs) casual conversation between friends, um, with that said though, one of the things that we discussed before we got on was like, how to know when you're in a point of view or a conclusion and when it's an awareness. And so do you want to sprinkle some, some yummy goodness on that? Like, what do you know about that now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is yummy goodness or not, but it's definitely like the ongoing unfolding exploration of awareness and using the tools. So like light and heavy is such an awesome place to start to like get to acknowledge more and more what's actually true for you. So like the more you acknowledge, oh, this is light. This other thing might be true for this other person, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna work or be true for you. So like light and heavy is this beginning process to me of distinguishing that. And it's it's not just like a, a superficial layer of exploration. Like you can go as deep as you want into that. And where it really starts to get interesting for me, which is what I think sort of inspired the conversation of awareness versus point of view, is we are aware of so many things. And so then as our awareness expands using tools like this, which is inviting us to look at the energy and awareness and what we know we become aware of even more things. <laughs> so then it's like the, the palette of what we're aware of keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, including our own points of view. So it's like the whispers of awareness get louder and more plentiful. The awareness of our like limiting points of view show up. Our awareness of other people shows up. Our awareness of who knows what that we can't even identify, but somehow we're sensing and perceiving something. And so... What I find really fascinating is like within any moment when something shows up, what does it look like to navigate, oh, is this like the spaciousness of awareness or am I, do I have a point of view about something or someone or some situation?
0: So for our listeners who might have stumbled here for the first time and maybe haven't used any of these tools what can we tell them about awareness versus point of view
1: yeah i mean point of view is great because it says what it is it's one point that you are looking at something and you have your amazing like water bottle analogy or we could you know use anything where if i hold something up you're going to see it from where you're at now and i'm going to see it from where i'm at and it's not wrong it's just one point when the whole thing is actually multi-dimensional describing awareness for me is a little bit more interesting it doesn't have the solidity of a, a point of view to it and it's also maybe this is going too deep end but what i find interesting and fascinating about it is it's really easy to take a moment of awareness and then like attach it to a point of view or attach it to something else. So like, it can happen so fast. And this is actually one of the tools that made no sense to me in the beginning. Like I heard it and was like, there's no way that that could do anything. And then I avoided it for probably two years. And that is the crazy phrase. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. And nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be. And I was like, that literally contradicts itself How could that ever be a tool for anything? But what I've seen, the the more that I've, I guess, acknowledged awareness is that space of how quickly I can take an awareness and turn it into something that's not an awareness. And so what that tool does for me is it allows me to acknowledge I'm having an awareness. So nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be. That to me is like the acknowledgement of the awareness everything is the opposite of what it appears to be is what gives me space with whatever story or conclusion I'm coming up with (laughs) that I'm using the awareness with. And my like um, really funny example of it, I would, so I'm also a massage therapist. That's one of the things in my background. And um, I had a session with someone session was going awesome. And then like, maybe like 10 minutes before the session was over, it was like the energy in the room, just like, dropped and i was like whoa what is that and in the moment i i couldn't even think of the question because there was no like there was no physical telltale sign of like the person shifted because they were uncomfortable or like nothing it was just literally i sensed the energy drop and i was like whoa that's really weird well i finished up the session and then the client looks up at me and is like where's your bathroom i have to pee so bad <laughs> and i was like oh my God, that's brilliant because I was aware of the energy drop. but then everything that I tried to come up with of what it could have been or what it could have meant wasn't actually what occurred. So I got to see in this moment where like these contradictory things can coexist. Um, how would you describe awareness?
0: <laughs> well, I think you did a, a great job. It's like um, one of like awareness. I'm willing to have expand awareness. You can always add to it. You can invite more from it and for it. So if we have an awareness, like we have team meetings and there's like an awareness of something that we want to shift. Right. Um, you can perceive it going, Oh, that, that, Oh, then that, and it gets to like grow and, and almost create, it has a different clarity to it because we're not concluding anything. And the minute someone will throw in their point of view about it, you can perceive like the, the bottom fallout, you know, like, okay, now we have to attach everything to this one point. Um, and I, and I've gosh, man, you know, I would compare it to all the time I spent in the gym working out and, you know, changing my body shape, but I haven't spent that much time in the gym. But if you think about something that you worked really hard for, And then you got, and you received, it's like that. It's like the, it's like the, the gym of consciousness getting this one, (laughs) you know? Um, and I also have avoided the gym a lot. So it's probably that too. All I'm saying in that is that like, I used to be, I used to have so many conclusions and then so many points of view that, um, I thought, you know, people would just get on board with me. I would be heard. I would be validated. And then In order to do that, I would just make something more and more solid by making it more and more right, or the only way. And what I've learned with working with the tools of access consciousness, now creating my own business with them and also contributing to the company, um, worldwide is that when we're playing with someone's awareness and extrapolating, you can perceive the energy going far and wide. And when we're fighting a point of view or fighting for a point of view, the whole, everything gets really heavy because we're literally like, um, the, uh, tether, like we're tethered to that one point and something can't change. Um, and most points of view have a lot of polarity. Either something's very wrong that, that we're fighting to have this point of view or something's so right that we can't see anything else as possible. And then we limit. So like, if you're willing, if uh, an awareness comes in, if you're willing to have it morph and change and shift and grow, and contribute, then to me, that is like, oh, I'm on to like, I'm to an awareness. What else is possible? What else here? And I'm willing to ask questions about it. When I'm in a point of view, I'm, I have an energy of fight or right in my world. And even if it's trying to prove what's wrong, like, don't do this, this is wrong and bad. Um, I'm fighting for it to be wrong or I'm fighting for it to be right. And that is what locks us up in so many areas of our life. So with all that said, Kate, like back to the top of the conversation, about like inviting people to what it looks like to be them. When this first started to flow through your world, like what was your like starter pack? What was your, the tools that you were consistently using to bring all this to life for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the very first one was actually who am I today and what grand and glorious adventure awaits and asking that like definitely in the morning every day, but even all throughout the day. Um, And if I had to like give more context as to like what that opened up for me is I, when I first started playing with the tools, I had so much lack in my world that, you know, I needed more money, I needed more time, I needed whatever. Um, And in that space, there was very little adventure of living. (laughs) There was very little enjoyment. And so that question invited me to consider aspects of me that maybe I wasn't regularly tapping into. So it was like an invitation of like, oh, like who am I today that could be different than yesterday or different than tomorrow? And then what glorious adventure awaits. It just changed the point of view because I was so in the like struggle of living. Um, Also, if I was truly being me here, what would I choose? Um, that gets used all the time still, because it's so easy. Like, it's so easy to maintain things that we were brought up with, you know, a possibility or a choice is in front of me. And then it's like instantly, without even having to think about anything, it's like, I know what my mom would choose. I know what my dad would choose. I know what my brothers would think. I know what my friends would think. I know what the society would think. And <laughs> As a mom, I should probably do this. And, you know, and it's like, whoa, okay. And there's so there's so much loudness to me in all of that. It's like, ah, hearing all of those things. But if we clear that away, it's my life, right? Like people can have all sorts of opinions about my life, but I'm the one who actually has to live it and go through it. So if I was truly being me, what would I choose? And what I also love about this question is, even if I'm not always willing to choose it yet, (laughs) it still shows me something. It's still like, even that process reveals to me of like, oh, wow, I'm going to choose this thing right now, which I know isn't me fully being me. Like maybe I'm choosing it because I'm like putting more priority and being responsible or I'm taking my caring and like, you know what, this isn't what I would choose, but it's for my friend. So I'm going to, you know, or it's for my daughter. But every time I ask it, it exposes and uncovers things. And every time I am willing to choose for me, I like, you talked about going to the gym, I get to flex that muscle and then it gets stronger and I get to see what it creates when I choose for myself. And I'm so fucking grateful for these tools because not only if I like look at just my own personal enjoyment of life, like they have allowed me to step into something so different in my life. And also being a mom without even having to like hand the tools down, literally of like, Hey daughter, go use this tool right now. I know just by flexing those muscles and playing with that and being in that it's setting up that as the example for her. Like, that's what I'm naturally handing down. And I get to see that in her all the time. Like she owns her, her weirdness in like, such an amazing way. Um, yeah, I think I would leave it at there as the starter kit.
0: Well, I love that invitation as a way to even wrap up the podcast because for this episode, yeah. Um, Because what I know is that when we truly be like you with your daughter, when we truly start to be us, it is so much easier to empower others to be them because you know, the value of what it is. And I love that you've dropped the shout out to parents. Like the more that we choose to be us, the more than when we look at our kids and go, okay, cool. If I wasn't trying to make them be anything but them. And even if it's not something that I totally agree with, what would it take to have the allowance in the space of me being me? and, and inviting them to choose that, even if it goes against, you know, what my beliefs are or whatever. Um, and I truly think that that's an amazing invitation on how we can change the world together is to stop trying to shove everybody else into other boxes based on our points of view, which also keeps us in the same box. So what else is possible? Um, so, Miss Kate, before we go, I don't know if you remember, but I ask everybody the same ending question. I don't know if you prepared your speech, but you should have. Otherwise, you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, so our show is called The Power of Being You podcast. If you were to write the show's description for what is the power of being you, what would you tell people?
1: Mm, I did not prepare a speech and I should have because I know this. I know this. <laughs> And now I'm like, Oh, and what did I say on the other ones? I have to say something different this time. Um, The power of being you, I I think it's actually exactly what you were just speaking to. It's the, the willingness and like the freedom of truly like creating your life in a way that lights you up. And then that has its own like magnetic pull or even just like invitation and movement in the world that is contagious, where people start to look and be like, what is that person? And they might say, what is that person doing? Or how are they getting it right? Or, you know, like they might look at it in a very tangible way, but they can't even help but notice that something else is going on there. And then it it creates a momentum. And I think I said to you before we started recording, I was looking at the International Being You Day landing page and I was tapping into all the people who are going to come to that landing page and look at it. And um, so basically on June 22nd um, every year is International Being You Day, which is all about this, what we're speaking to, the celebration and discovery of everyone being uniquely them in the world and celebrating each other in that as well. Um, but I'm mentioning it because it does create a movement like Dane wrote the book in 2011, I think is what it was. And now it's translated into over 17 languages and we have an international day and there's classes and there's almost a thousand facilitators who facilitate classes around the world. And it even goes beyond that where even if we can't tie the like, um, linear touch points of this created that being you is everywhere. Like people talk about being authentically themselves. It's used in marketing. Like it just, it creates something so beautiful in the world. And also we're just getting started. Like we've come a really long way and there's so much more to go with it. So, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) So what I'm hearing is being you changes the world. (laughs)
1: Yes, oh my God. that's the power of being you. Someone should write a book. Someone,
0: should write the book. Someone has written a book. And if this is your first time visiting the podcast, we talk about this book all the time. It's by Dr. Dane here. It's called Being You, Changing the World. And you can get it at beingyouchangingtheworld.com and also on the accessconsciousness.com website or drdanehere.com. There's so many places. You'll probably even find it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure it's there too. Is it? I don't know. Anyways. Oh yeah. I'm sure it is. Okay. Um, yeah, go check it out. Uh, and thank you Kate for joining me. And I think we're going to do this more often. So look for more episodes with Sarah and Kate exploring being you tools and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the power of being you podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review for more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness. You can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?